Did all stay with me in Acts chapter 4, please? Turn there. In Acts chapter 4. Hallelujah. A lot happening in the kingdom of God. And I'm glad I'm a part of it, I tell you. Thank you, Jesus. How many of y'all expected that kind of move of God Friday night? Seriously, you expected that. Well, remember, expectation creates results. If you don't expect anything, nothing's going to happen. Expectation creates. It doesn't bring results. Expectation creates results. So if you go into something, you, man, you expect God to move and, and do things He's going to. And I'm excited about it. How many of y'all, it, it went beyond your expectations? <laughs> the exceeding greatness of His power towards us. I tell you, it was just beyond really our expectation. What the Lord did. And it was, I'm just so excited. I tell you, I'm beside myself. Let's look at Acts chapter 4 in verse 1. And the key to this chapter the Lord has given me is His authority. It has to do with His Lordship and His authority. But the actual title of the message this morning is Passion That Produces Persecution. Passion That Produces Persecution. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, Passion That Produces Persecution. Brother, would you turn, oh, close that door, please? Okay. Passion that produces persecution. Have you ever been persecuted? If you have, you're on the right road and you're doing the right thing. You know, it's amazing how intimidated we can become by people. Amen? But God hasn't given us that spirit to be intimidated by people. Uh, you know, we... Uh, we proclaim the Word of God, and we look out, and we see maybe people not agreeing with that. And we have a tendency to want to pull in our shell, want to hide from that. I'm talking about just to look. I'm not talking about when they want to take you and beat you and throw you in, in prison and then kill you for that witness. I'm talking about just because you can sense in your spirit they don't agree with what you are preaching. You pull off and hide in your shell. And that's, that's one thing about the concert. We had an awesome move of God. But I, I believe we have a tendency as a church, because we have so many visitors come, that we want to kind of hide. And I was going around to some of y'all say, get over here in the front of these people. Minister to them. You can't help them behind them. You, you pray for them, but you got to get in front of them. And you got to instruct them. And you got to help them. And you got to lead them in the things of God. Get over there in front of them. Don't hide out. Don't be bashful and timid and shy. But I'm telling you, that's human nature. You know, we want to be accepted. We don't want to stir the water. We don't want everybody to like us. Can I tell you something? When you're doing God's work, not everybody's going to like you. And you have to learn to guard your anointing and not get cornered by everybody. Hello, somebody. Because everybody wants to corner you. Especially if you're walking with God. But you can't let them corner you. Hello, give God some praise. You understand? Just because somebody has a need doesn't mean you are assigned to them. 
Remember that. Just because they've got a need doesn't mean you are assigned to them. You have to guard your anointing. All right, you with me here? But never be intimidated. Never be shy or bashful about the things of God. But this church is on fire. And I'm excited about being a part of you. Persecution is produced by passion for Jesus. And it's a passion for His authority. His authority. Amen? All right, chapter 4. You remember that this story is, is a continuation of the healing of the man who was lame at the gate. Beautiful, right? And there he is. He's healed. But there's going to be opposition. There's going to be persecution. And it's going to come from religion. It's going to come from religious circles. Hallelujah. Now, I understand somebody called from another church. Somebody called somebody in this church and asked some questions about your pastor about where I went to a conference or something. I want to share something with you. Don't give them information. If they want to know about my business, you have them call me. You don't give them information about me. And don't even, you don't even need to give them information about this church. You need to guard. You need to protect the anointing of God. Are you with me here? Because I guarantee you, if they called you asking that kind of question, you think they called because they were excited? No, they're looking for an advantage, see. Can I tell you something? There's people in the oneness movement, Jesus' name movement, that are not friends of this church. And they are not friends of this pastor. And I am not trying to strain relationships. I am not. I'm trying to walk in order. But they have a problem because they feel threatened by what's happening here. So you don't give them information because they just want to use it somehow for their advantage. Now listen to me, church. I want you to hear that, all right? Religious persecution is what's going to take place not just in the days of the apostles, but right now. Within, in this time frame, in the last days, that which was first shall be last. So if it happened then, it's going to happen now. So you, you got to be very careful about where you walk these days, who you let corner you, because a lot of people are just looking for a meal ticket, and they're just looking for a ride. Hello, somebody. And just because they got a problem doesn't mean you're assigned to that problem. You will drive yourself crazy trying to fit into everybody's mold and trying to be, you know, take care of everybody's need. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So be led of the Spirit. Guard the anointing you've got. Don't let... Hello. Hello. Say the authority of God. Did that help anybody? All right. I don't know how, but anyway. Verse 1 of chapter 4. Brother, you can start the tape now. It's running. All right. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple... And the Sadducees came upon them. Now, they just had a very powerful move of God. They've got a miracle standing with them. But the religious circles don't like that move of God. And this religious system is impotent. It has lost its power. I'm talking about people who were at one time walking with God. I'm talking about the covenant leadership of God. These people here that are persecuting the church should be the forerunners in the church. They should be the one, ones leading the, the people of Israel into the power of God. But they have lost the power. 
They've lost the glory. They have become impotent. Come on. They got it in name, but name only. And because they've got it in name and name only, when they see the, the power of God demonstrated with an impotent man who now has power. Now he's walking, he's healed. And there's apostles who have power. That religious system that should have the power are upset, honey. Because all they are is a name, a name. They've only got religion in, and I want to tell you something. Look at me. I'm a Pentecostal and I'm apostolic. But I'm not apostolic Pentecostal by name only. Your card, your, honey, your card, your credentials doesn't mean a thing in the kingdom of God. I don't want to be apostolic and Pentecostal in name only. I want to have it. I want to be that. I want to be that, I said. And the body of Christ needs to be healed. It's been laying on a bed call, uh, near the gate. Beautiful. It needs to move into the glory of God. I'm talking about the true body is lame. It's impotent. It's lost its power, its ability to stand up in headship. There's one thing. Now, listen. These apostles were anointed, but they had authority. Now, I'm going to let you down in a minute, but. I told Brother David and his son, I said, I, said, I don't want to just be anointed. I want authority. So the, the average, average person is anointed. I don't want to just be anointed. I want to walk in the authority of God. Are you here? I don't want to just be anointed and naked. I want to be anointed with a covering. I, have, I want to be mantled. So I'm asking you today, are you lame? Are you impotent? Or do you have power right now? Are you standing up now as a mature body upon which the authority of God, His headship, can rest? His authority and His headship cannot rest on a lame man laying on the ground. It cannot rest on a church system who, that's lost its power. It has to be healed and stand up, and then Jesus can place his head on that. Do you understand that? The foxes have holes. The birds of the air have nests to lay in. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head, his headship. He's looking for a place he can put his authority on. He's not just looking for a place to lay down. He's looking for a place to place his headship on. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the only place he can place his headship on is a mature body. One that's standing up. It's not. Woo. Now, y'all can sit down. I'm already preaching. Go ahead. Sit down. Sit down. Now, watch this. Okay. We talked about last week this man, this lame man who is impotent. is laying on his own bed. Okay, bed speaks of rest. When you talk about rest, you're talking about the seventh day or the third dimension, okay, which takes you to the most holy place. So we saw this man impotent there by the gate, beautiful. Now by the power of God, he is walking through the gate into glory. Now where's the glory at in the tabernacle? In the most holy place. That's where you find the glory. So he's going to go from that place, a ten cup mentality. 
I know what I'm preaching, friend. When I started talking about the ten cup mentality, people who have ten cup mentalities walked out. Because they knew they were found out. So he lost his ten cup mentality. Rattle, 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 rattle. Give me, give me, give me. Bless me, bless me, bless me. He lost that. And in the place of that, he got to glory. <laughs> he made it to glory, right? You with me here? Now watch this. Okay. Now this man is a picture of the corporate body. He's a picture of the corporate man. Are you the body of Christ? He's a picture of that corporate man, that corporate body being raised up standing and now moving into a place of glory, right? Do you understand? And in this chapter, what's going to be questioned is by what name or what power doth this man stand before you whole? What authority? So now when you talk about this man standing, as the, and we're talking about him representing the church, we see him standing here in glory healed, right? He's made it from the outside of the door into the temple. Hello, temple of God. And the question is, whose authority does he stand in? Whose lordship is he standing in? We recognize he's been healed by what power or by what authority has this happened. And so again, now watch this. In this tabernacle, the cross is laid out. All of you know that, right? I've got to give you a little bit of foundation before we get into this. The cross is laid out. So where is his feet? Jesus' feet. His feet is at the altar. Where's his left hand? Table of showbread. Where's his right hand? Golden candlestick, right? You with me here? Where's his heart? Altar of incense. Hello? Where's his head? Where's his head? It's in the most holy place. So we're talking about headship. We're talking about authority here. We're talking about his head. And it's found where? Third dimension. Right there. When you talk about dimensions, outer court, holy place, most holy place, third dimension. When you talk about, look at this, altar of incense, uh, altar, uh, a burnt offering, laver, candlestick, showbread, Incense, Ark of the Covenant, Mercy Seat, seventh piece of furniture. Third dimension, seventh piece of, piece of furniture. So seven and three are together here. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Right now, if we haven't entered into the, to the seventh millennium yet, we are on the verge of it. Right? If our calendar's right, it's 6,003, which means we've already entered into the seventh day. So God is manifesting himself not just in the body, but God is manifesting himself in time. You've got to get this. You've you got to see this. So as God's manifesting himself in our times, he's manifesting himself in his body. And how's he doing it? In a kingdom-type operation. And not just anointing. But authority type move of God. Woo. See, you got anointed here in the holy place. But authority found in the most holy place. So my anointing is to move me into a place where God exercises his authority. 
where he cannot just manifest his anointing, but manifest his lordship, his authority, his headship. So God's going to have a church in these last days that are going to manifest the kingdom of God. Woo, hallelujah. He's looking for a place to lay his head. And he wants to lay it on a body who's a mature body that's standing. But that body has got to be healed. It's lame. It's sick. It's impotent. And so in contrast, we've got an impotent, sick religious system that's fighting this. Now, i tell you where the struggle is for all men is lordship. Who's in control? That's where the struggle is. Lordship. Who's in control? Authority is the struggle of the human heart. Who are you going to submit to? That's the struggle. And when I talk about authority, I'm not talking about denomination. I'm not talking about organization here. Do you understand? I'm talking about the order of God himself. This organization was trying to take the power of God and make it submit to them. Who gave you the right to do this? Who gave you the authority to do this? Show me your credentials. We're going to have fun this morning. God's awesome. Let me read a few verses. Sit down. As they spake unto the people, the priests and the captains of the temple. Oh, here's this leadership. And the Sadducees. The Sadducees do not believe in the spirits. They don't believe in the spirit realm. If they don't believe in spirits, they don't believe in the Holy Ghost. And not only do they not believe in spirits, but they don't believe in angels. Well, angels are spirits, but designate here. Angels. They don't believe in angels. They don't believe in the resurrection from the dead. What do they believe in? Only what they can see. Come on, I don't want to be like that. I want to believe that there's something beyond what I can see. That there is a spirit world, an invisible world. There's angels. There's the spirit of the living God and resurrection power. They don't believe this. Okay? And here comes these apostles preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So either they have to die. Come on. And I say they. I'm talking about the apostles. We have to get rid of them because they're a threat to what we believe. Because they're preaching the resurrection from the dead. And we don't believe in that. Come on, are you with me here? Wow. And, you know, they're impotent, of course, because they don't believe in the supernatural power of God. They're just materialists. You understand? So that is the opposition. That rises up. Just a people who have a form of godliness. But who deny the power thereof or the authority thereof from such turn away. It's people who want to walk around in a form. We don't have time for that here. You won't just act apart with no substance. You just want to claim something and have no reality to it. Then all you are is a baptized system, and you know that. Look the part, but don't have, no, don't have the goods. Okay? And that's the Sadducees. They are the baptized here. 
The apostles are the ones who are manifesting the power of the kingdom of God. And they are going at it right now. And it's not just a, a war of flesh and blood. It is a spiritual battle. They got to die because what they're preaching, we don't preach. Woo! We got to get rid of them because what they're preaching, we don't believe. And that's why you're dead in your pew, sir. Sadducees, that's why you're so sad. You see, because somewhere along the line, you lost the power and authority of God in your life. You don't believe anything but what you, what you can conclude with your own mind. Woo, hello. How many of y'all believe in the supernatural power of God? You believe that Jesus is here right now? You believe there's angels in this place? Aren't you glad he healed your lameness? Aren't you glad he took you beyond a ten-cup mentality, took you into the glory of God so he can lay his authority in, on you? So anyway, having said that, to these people, the resurrection, resurrection from the dead, uh, the Jewish people, their understanding of that was not just eternal life. Mm -mm. Now watch this. The reason why they so vehemently were fighting this message was because to preach the resurrection of the dead, in their understanding, it was much more than what we think about resurrection from the dead. In their understanding, it meant a catastrophe taking place in this world. As a result of that catastrophe, the, a new order or a new system coming in its place. In their understanding, it's the removal of the old creation and a bringing in of the new. In their understanding, it's this. It's the removal of the old system, the old order, the old church way. It's the removal of the old church order. And replacing it with a, something new. Okay, you with me? And so their whole system is fixing to be removed. In fact, by the time you get here in the book of Acts, it already has. And if you're preaching that the prophet has come and his name is Jesus, and you're preaching that he rose from the dead, that means that the system I'm a part of has been removed and God has brought in a new order. And religious people don't like change. They want to hold on to the old order. They want to hold on to the old archaic church system. But I'm telling you, it's lame. It's by the gate beautiful. Has no power and has lost its authority. And so if these apostles are right, their whole system has been replaced. And there's a great disturbance I said there's a disturbance. Their whole thought process is disturbed by that message. Do you understand what I'm saying? In fact, if Jesus is the one who Moses was like, that prophet, and if he has come, are you here? Then a revolution has taken place. And basically what is happening here is that there's a revolution taking place. Give God praise. Everything's changing. The old order. Whew. Whew. I'm feeling really good right now. 
Because now we know who's in charge, who's in authority. And it's not these cats. Bible said, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Why would that upset them? Well, they don't believe in it, number one. But number two, they understand what that means. <laughs> Disturbed, aren't they? A, revelation, a revolution is taking place here. <laughs> Their old archaic system is being replaced by something. See, oh boy, you got to hear me now. <laughs> See, they refuse to keep going. So there they are laying there. And it's coming from the Sadducees. All right, so you understand in verse 3, And they lay hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now evening time. So what are we going to do with this? Well, we got to put it over here. we got to lock it up somewhere. <laughs> Hello, you with me? Give God a hand clap of praise. Now, let me keep reading. I'll flow into this, okay? Wow. How be it many of them which heard the word believed. Isn't that awesome? Aren't you glad that some are going to believe? And the number of the men was about 5,000. We're talking about people of Israel. Came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes. The problem was the leadership. And Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem, and when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name? By what power or whose authority have you done this? That's what they're concerned about. Oh, yeah. Now, let's just talk about this. Y'all ready? <laughs> let's go over here. See, there, God is raising up a corporate man now. Boy, I don't know how much time I'm going to have this morning. But Revelation lays it out. Revelation chapter 12. And we'll, we'll see if we can look at that. But let's go over to Ephesians. And let's see. This man standing with them is a type of God raising up a corporate body. A corporate man in the last days. Who understand and, and have the authority of God. His headship placed upon them. Amen. Not just anointed. But they have the authority of God. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4. Now watch this. <clears throat> Verse 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body. Say one body. One Spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. How many of y'all know God's in you right now? But unto every one of you of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Say, gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith when he ascended up. Say, ascension. He wants you to move in an ascension mentality. Not just a, an earthly carnal realm mindset. But an ascension mentality. You with me? A kingdom mentality. Whew. Wow. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, say on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. 
Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might feel all things. Now, y'all forgive me if I just don't go hog while preaching this morning. I got to teach you some too, all right? He gave some apostles, so the gifts that he gave, what? Some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. What for? For the perfecting. Seven is the number of completion or perfection or maturity. Why is that? Why does he need you to be perfected? Why does he need a body to be mature? So he places his headship on it. Places his authority on it. Now watch this. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Here we go. Till we come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. A corporate man. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Hello, somebody. You're getting the point now. So it's to perfect the body. Now let's talk about this authority then. Peter and John are apostles. They have not only exercised the power of God or God working through them, His power, but also His authority in His name. But Jesus is the true apostle and true prophet. Do you understand that? Okay? Hello. Now, the scripture tells us about this fivefold ministry that the Lord is going to place in the church for the perfecting of the saints. That means to, to get you up in a place of completion and maturity, perfection, standing up as a corporate man, okay? Let me explain to you something about authority, okay? Because it's going to help you. When you talk about the gifts of the Spirit, the Bible says in Ephesians 4, uh, verse 7, uh, it talks about the gift of Christ. In verse 8, it talks about He gave gifts unto men. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts of the Spirit, right? You know, tongues, interpretation of tongues, healing, uh, you know, miracles, those gifts of the Spirit. That word gift there is charisma. Okay, charisma. You heard the term charismatic. Okay, charisma. Charisma simply means grace gifts. So when you looked up, look up the word gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, it's talking about charisma. And that has to do with the body as a whole. And the charisma gifts of the Spirit are for edification, for encouragement, and for strengthening. But they are not for authority. They are used, God wants to use you in the gifts of the Spirit to edify, to encourage, and to strengthen each other. But just because you can speak good, or just because you can sing good, or just because you can preach good, doesn't mean you have authority. Because authority is not found in charisma. It's not found in charisma. Now, you may be able to prophesy better than the set man. You may be able to sing better than the set man in an assembly. You with me here? But that does not mean that you have authority. What you have, see, you ever heard this? Well, every time I get, start using my gift, I, my gift gets me in trouble. 
The reason why your gift got you in trouble is because you, have a, you don't have character to go with the gift. And you haven't learned to submit to authority. God, God's authority. Not men who ha- appoint themselves with authority, but God's authority. And because you haven't learned to submit to authority and you don't have character, your gift gets you in trouble. Because you think you got authority when you're exercising your gift. In fact, you say, I'm going to exercise my gift. I don't care what they say or what they think. And see, you get out of order because you don't understand that your gifting is not one of authority. It's one for strength, edification, and encouragement. Woo! Now, when you talk about Ephesians 4, when it says he gave gifts to men, then he lists a fivefold ministry. And the word gift there is doma, D-O-M-O. It comes, uh, it's where we get the word dominion from. So these uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher are doma gifts. They are dominion gifts. They are where God has placed his authority. God has not placed his authority in the charisma gifts, he's placed his authority, his dominion in the fivefold ministry. Now remember that. That will bless you. Because, yeah, you are gifted. And, yeah, you are charismatic. Hello. In the biblical sense of the word. And, yes, we know that God has anointed you to strengthen, edify, and encourage the body. But he, that doesn't mean you got any authority in the house. Give God some praise. The only authority that God recognizes in the house is authority that he set. So 1 Corinthians 12 talks about he set apostles and prophets and evangelists pastors. Okay, so he set. They're not voted in. They weren't placed there because they got voted in. They weren't placed there because the board got together and decided that, boy, he'd make a good preacher because look how handsome he is. Had nothing to do with his looks. It had nothing to do with the vote. It had to do with God setting. He set them in the house. And so he sets these men in the house according to his calling and according to his choosing. So that the authority they have is not the authority of their own. It's the authority of God. So if you rebel against that authority, you're not rebelling against the man. You're rebelling against God. Hear me now. And so, again, a lot of people today, because they got gifts, you know, boy, they think, man, they got authority now, but they don't. They just have gifts to edify, strengthen, and encourage the body. But the authority is placed in the fivefold ministry or the set. Come on, give God praise. It's placed in a, a set man, number one, and then from there, eldership is appointed by that set man who, and eldership are nothing more than ministers, come on, who are apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors. But it doesn't mean that they're pastor in a church. doesn't mean they're, set, they're the set man in the house. God's raising up apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers in here who are just going to be elders. They're never going to be a set man in the house anywhere. But those men have authority. Once the set man places the mantle of authority or recognizes the mantle of authority is a better way to put it, on that particular person and they qualify in eldership, then they become people with authority. They no longer just stand up and speak. 
They're not just anointed to speak, to edify, to encourage, and to strengthen. But now they say, Thus saith God, you do this. And thus saith God, you do that. They got authority. They exercise authority in the house. Now, that's why a lot of times I'll do things. And then I'll, I, I might talk to some of these guys and say, no, you, you don't do that. And the reason is because at this point, they don't have authority. Woo, hello. <laughs> They've got gifts to encourage, edify, and strengthen. But I do not recognize their authority over you. Give God some praise. Do you understand that? And that's why a lot of people get in trouble with their gifting. Because they don't have character and they don't understand their gifting gives them no authority. Because those that have authority are, the Bible talks about in Ephesians 4, gifted dominion ministers. Give God some praise. Does this help any of y'all out there? Wow. Well, pastor, I don't know why you're so upset because I was just out there up, uh, uh, you know, uh, ministering in my gifting. Problem is, you got out of order. I'm not upset you got a gift. I'm excited you got a gift and that you can encourage and edify and strengthen the brethren. That's wonderful. We need that. And we need to preach to you to prepare you for the work of ministry. Fivefold ministry preaches to you, come on, are ministers to you. And the reason we minister to you is so that you can do the work of ministry. I minister to you so you can do the work of ministry. Do you understand that? Hello, give God some praise. Does that help anybody? And so Ephesians 4 says, the reason why you have this dominion or this authority here or headship here is so that the church can mature and become what it needs to become so that they can do the work of ministry. I'm not the only minister in this house. And people who stand behind this pulpit and preach are not the only ministers in this house. Every one of you, if you're a part of the body of Christ, is a minister. You've got a ministry. Now, I'm going to tell you before we get through this, I'll tell you what happened to me last night. As I was preparing this, as God was leading me, I came under conviction. So some of you are going to come under conviction. Because you're Vashti. You're throwing your own little party. You got your own thing going on here. And you run, oh, God, don't. I love it. I love it. Every time I say that, I get looks on certain people's face. You've been found out. Because Mordecai, a Benjamite, is a type of the five-fold ministry. says, come forth, Esther. Manifest the throne of God. Vashti has her own thing going over there. Her own giftings happening. Hallelujah. Come on, ladies. Come on over to my party. Hallelujah. I feel led to do this. When we first started this church, I had a sister. She had gifts. But she, they started little prayer meetings over in their house, you know. And pretty soon she dragged some of the sisters over to this one particular woman's house that claimed to be a prophetess. And she might have been. But here's the problem. They'd get over there and all of a sudden, instead of a prayer meeting, it became a prophecy meeting. 
And this, these women get around and start prophesying to each other. You're going to get this and this is going to happen to you. And pretty soon I had all kinds of confusion on the telephone. Pastor, this woman said that this is going to happen to me, etc., etc., etc. I said, don't even worry about it. I said, it's an out-of-order situation. Don't go back. Because I had actually walked in that woman's house and the Spirit of God told me before I had even any dealings with her or my church had any dealings with her, as soon as I walked in her house, I got a check in my spirit that everything's not right here. And I'm talking about a Jesus name, one God, Holy Ghost woman here. And they'd get together and they'd just have these prophecy meetings, you know. It was completely out of order. And all it did was raise confusion. Say confusion. So understand there has to be a proper operation of the gifts, you have to understand why God has gifted you. Give God some praise. He wants you to minister to the body, he, but He doesn't want you to try to exercise authority over them. He doesn't want you to be a vast type. Come on over here to my party. Hallelujah. Wow. Isn't this awesome? Is this helping anybody? And so now in Acts chapter 4, this man is standing up. He's no longer impotent. He's got power. And the religious system is saying now, hmm, we don't have this here. In fact, we are what he is. In fact, our whole nation is what he is. Impotent. No power. Can't even walk. Can't even walk with God. Wouldn't know God if they met him in Walmart. Claiming to be a child of God. Wouldn't know God. God walked up. Jesus walked up and said, how are you doing today? They, they just think he's just somebody else, you know. Wouldn't even recognize him. Give God some praise. What is happening in this church, though, is this church is maturing. And God is anointing this. He is anointing this. You know why? Because when you get the government right, when you get the authority right, then the glory will be right. And most preachers never preach government or order or authority because they're afraid of the people. And because they're afraid of the people, there's no glory in the house. Because if you don't have the government right, the glory is not going to be right. If you are out of order in your life, if you're out of order in your life, your, your government's wrong, then your glory's not right. And our whole responsibility is to get you out of here outside of the gate with your little tin cup saying, help me, help me, help me. And get you in a place of whew, power and authority. Now, listen, God wants you to have authority. But listen, the only way we can have authority is to be under authority. When you, when you come under authority, then you get authority. Give God praise. But never in the sense that you are ruling over a, the body. You're ruling over devils. You're ruling over your city. Oh, I'm starting to feel not just anointing, but some authority here. He's, a, he's awesome. So the whole question is, whose headship or whose authority are y'all operating in? Because we sure didn't give you no credentials to do it. Hello, somebody. I'm telling you where the problem is, is authority. That's human nature. 
just, you know, by reason of the fact that I'm preaching on the headship or the authority of God, some of y'all have already <laughs> packed off. <laughs> right? You understand? But I'm trying to help us here. Because we got to stay in order here. And if we do, then the glory is going to be awesome. Because he's going to raise up a church that's going to manifest his kingdom. His kingdom authority, right? Oh, yeah, God's good. Well, let's see what happens then. Okay, first of all, as this is taking place, and let's go back to the book of Acts then. I'm not losing y'all, am I? In Acts 4 then, verse 2, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead, they laid hands on them, put them in the hold of the next day, for it was now even time. Religion always says tomorrow. The Holy Ghost says today. The flesh says tomorrow. The religious people in the congregation say tomorrow. The Holy Ghost says today. Give God some praise. I'm feeling real good right now, you know, just feeling good in God. But see, they got to lock this move of God up. They got to try to take control of this thing. We got to make a denomination out of that. Now, in case you don't know it, I have studied apostolic Pentecostal church history. And when this movement began to take place, and they got a revelation of, of Jesus' name, baptism, and the oneness of God, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, when they got that revelation, those prophets stood up and told them, don't make a denomination out of it. Because then what is happening will become subject to men. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, come on, listen to me where I'm coming from here. I'm not saying denomination is wrong, and I'm not saying organization is wrong. I'm saying, though, that many times they try to control the move of God. Give God some praise. Now, what qualifies you for ministry? Because some organization gave you a credential? A lot of people are hung up on that. and wanted to be circumcised by him now you have been identified in ministry by somebody and because of that now you got authority because you first submitted to authority and you've got a father in your life denominations and organizations have no feeling colleges bible colleges have no feeling they can't impart to you spiritual power and authority you can get a knowledge of the Word of God through them, but they cannot be your Father. Give God some praise. All right, y'all okay out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been there, done that. I need to get the t-shirt, been there, done that. I've been a part of all this stuff I'm talking to you about right now. Been there, done that. When I got a license with a particular organization, one of the elders walked out. And I love these men. I still do today. They walk, he, acted, he said, now that you got your license, does that make you a better preacher? I didn't know how to act. I didn't know what to tell him. Well, I found out that that piece of paper I had in my wallet, 
didn't make me any better than what I was before. It didn't. Hallelujah. Give God some praise. But see, these Sadducees, now we got to do something with this. We don't know what to do with it. Hallelujah. Yeah. Y'all doing okay? I'm not rebelling against. Y'all need to get me a shirt that says, been there, done that. Hmm? Y'all doing okay out there? Here we go. I wish people had enough sense to understand that even if you were a part of organization or denomination, that that doesn't make the move of God. His body is not a denomination dividing and numbering the people. His body is a corporate man who has been baptized into him by his spirit and who has matured into a place he can place his head on. And that's why I'm, ex- I'm thankful for Bishop Wagner, one of the, probably one of the greatest apostles, I believe, in the land, who understands that. We went to that conference. They didn't stand up and push down organization and denomination down our throats. He said it doesn't have nothing to do with that. And I thank God for that. Do you understand? So we see these groups who want to try to corner what's going on in God. Some of you are still, you still got that mentality. I can feel it when I preach. When I preach like that, I can feel it rise up in you. Give God some praise. The authority is found in Jesus. He is the authority. The apostle said it's not by our own power or our own holiness that this man stands before you, ho. But by the name of Jesus. It's a manifestation of Jesus. This man is a manifestation of Jesus. It's amazing as long as you're in somebody's club. You with me? Hello, somebody. Been there, done that. Doesn't make me a bit of difference. I'm after the glory. I'm after the kingdom of God. I want to see God's kingdom established, not your kingdom. Not even my kingdom. His kingdom. So they laid hands on them, put them in the hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. We got to stop this. We'll just lock up the move of God, man. And we're going to do it. Well, we'll take care of this tomorrow. We'll just put it off. Put it off. And that's the flesh, isn't it? Don't want the authority of God who wants to put everything off till tomorrow. Don't want to deal with anything today. Run, 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 run. Well, y'all would have been with me this morning if I just got up here and preached healing. <laughs> right? Glory to God. Now, y- y'all not going to take me and put me over in a prison, are you, this morning? No, there's liberty here today. That's why I'm telling you. That's why you get called and say, well, where did Pastor Jerry go? What conference he go through? He's not a part of our stuff anymore. You know, so well, where did he going now? 
Since when is it any of your business anyway? Hey, they don't want to call me. They, I, but sister, they don't want to call me. Give God some praise, would you? <laughs> Not going to let him corner me, man. Wow. But tells us as a result of what happened here, this man being healed, now he's got power in his leg to move into glory. And it's under the authority of Jesus. Now, as a result of that, we got 5,000 men in Israel coming to Jesus because there's been a manifestation of Jesus, not a manifestation of men. Hello. All right, now watch this. We got. Bible said, Annas, high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and as many as were the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Persecution came because of the authority of Jesus. And they had a passion for his name, his glory, his honor, and all the authority of the finished work was found in the name of Jesus. They understood that. Don't tell me I'm not preaching against that spirit, the spirit of this age. This is the spirit. That I can feel it. I can feel it as soon as I stand up here and preach. I can feel it. I don't agree. If you don't agree, go. Man, there's another one down the road. Just keep going from church to church till you find somebody that will agree with you. Eventually, you will find a church that agrees with you. Glory to God. How many of y'all love Jesus? By what power, what name have you done this? Then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. Send them, you rulers, ah. <laughs> ye rulers, by what power or what name or whose authority have you been act doing this in? And then filled with the Holy Ghost, say, you rulers. Mm -hmm. You with me here? Hello, they know what's happening in this chapter. A lot of people read this chapter and preach the book of Acts, don't have any idea what this, this conflict is all about. It's about lordship, it's about headship, it's about the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. They have no idea what's going on here. Whoa, wow. Now watch this. Man, I knew this was going to be tough. I, I felt it in my spirit. Watch this. Here we go. God says this. through Peter, fill the Holy Ghost. You rulers of the people and elders of Israel. If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man. By what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. The authority in the name is everything that Jesus accomplished in the finished work. When Jesus said, it is finished. The finished work of the cross. 
the name has all of the authority, that finished work inside of it. So now he's preaching. Well, it's the one you crucified, but he's alive now. He rose from the dead, and all that he accomplished on the cross is found in his name. All of that authority of that work is found in his name. Let your name say the finished work. If it's finished, then now you can leave your bed behind and enter into his rest because it is finished. The reason why this man could leave his bed behind and get into glory is because Jesus provided rest for him. He left his own labors behind and he entered into the labors of Jesus. Come on. Stop doing your own thing, Vashti. Cease from your own labors and enter into his rest and start doing what he's doing. Based on the finished work, it is finished. And all the authority of that finished work is in the name of Jesus. Give God some praise. This is the stone. Wow. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. You know the story of Cinderella, don't you? Cinderella was the rejected. You know where the story of Cinderella came from? Its roots are found in this chapter. Come on. The stepsisters are the rulers of Israel who have rejected or cast aside or set aside Jesus, the chosen one. Give God praise. And eventually, she's brought out of that place of rejection, and she's placed as rulership, recognized as the true ruler. He's going to be recognized as the true king. It's his kingdom. It's his name. He's got the true authority. You got it, right? The stone which was set at not of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. I understand that whenever they were building the temple, that they sent a cornerstone to the builders of the temple. And when it got there, there was no instructions that were sent with it. And so because there was no instructions uh, sent with it, they didn't know what to do with this cornerstone. So they just took it over there and they rejected it and they cast it aside. Come on, are you with me? Got to the place where they're trying to finish up the temple. A stone is missing. The one they rejected was the one they were missing. And they said, hey, you remember that stone? that we didn't get instructions with, and we just threw over there in the bushes somewhere. Go over there and get that stone. Let's see if it goes here. They went and got the stone, and it was the stone. The stone that the builders rejected. Now watch this. Give God some praise. Which has become the head. The headship. The one with authority. Hmm. Glory to God. I just wonder if the headstone, Jesus, is out of his place in your life. 
I just wonder if you have rejected his headship and his lordship in your life because you don't know what to do with him. You don't know what to do with his government, his authority in your life. So you just kind of set him aside in your life. But I want to tell you, you're going to need him Amen. to rule your life. Amen. You're going to need him to operate in headship in your life. And then you can move in authority if you're submitted to authority, right? You got the point. I don't know if anybody has ever preached this chapter like this or not. That might be why you're lost this morning. I am preaching it from a perspective of headship and lordship and the government of Jesus Christ, the authority of Jesus. Give God praise. And I'm not saying that everything I've said hasn't been said before, but I'm talking about the context of this chapter here. How many of you understand what we're trying to say here? He's got the authority. In fact, he is the authority. He is the head. He's the true king. It's through his name. He's going to raise up a church that's going to manifest him. This man standing beside them is a manifestation of Jesus. And the more I behold him, the more I can manifest him. You need to be able to see him. If you can see him, then you can manifest him. But they, they couldn't see him. They didn't recognize him. Threw him aside. And eventually they had to go back to complete the temple. They had to go back. Hello, temple of God. Now watch this. I'm sorry to bore you. I told you I'm going to teach you this morning. Verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. His name is the only one that can save you. The law can't save you. Come on, are you with me? Moses can't save you. The prophets can't save you. Jesus is the only one that can save you. And the status quo in their day is Moses. But Jesus has come and is completely brought in a new order and a new system. That's why when you get into the book of Revelation, and even Acts chapter 2, it talks about, back up just a little bit. I want to show you something. Hello. Are y'all with me still? How many of y'all recognize his, the, the king has come? You recognize that? Okay, Acts chapter 2. Let's back up. I want to show you something. <clears throat> Talking about this cataclysmic catastrophe type thing when a new order comes in. It is it is come. It's here now, all right? Watch this. Verse 18. All my servants, all my hammocks I pour out in those days of my spirit. They shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood, fire, vapor, smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. These are symbols and types of Israel. You understand that, right? Remember in the book of Genesis, when the prophecy went forth concerning Joseph, that the sun and the moon and the, twelve, and the stars would bow down to him? Do you remember that typology? Now we see that the sun, the moon, and the stars are be darkened. We're talking about, come on, that the authority that was found in Israel 
is now going to be replaced by the true son. They were simply raised up by God to manifest the true sun, the true moon. Come on. I don't think you're kidding this. That's why in the book of Revelation you see the collapsing. You see the falling of the stars. You see the sun darkening. The moon turned to blood. Why is that? Because his kingdom, his kingship, his authority is being established in this earth. But all that old creation has to be taken out of the way before his true rulership can be manifest in the earth. I wish I had somebody here that understood what was going on. The collapsing, the catastrophe is simply understood this way. That a new order is here now. The disturbance that's taking place now is the fact that there is a wrestling over who's in charge. And the Antichrist says, I'm going to rule. I'm going to be in charge. But Jesus says, no, we're going to put the sun out. We're going to, all these so-called kings, uh, Babylon is going to be darkened. Uh, come on, are you with me here? All of these earthly rulers are going to have to bow their knees someday and declare that Jesus rules and reigns. The old creation is going to be taken out of the way that the new creation can be manifest. But I'm looking at you right now because some of you have already come up underneath his authority and his headship and you have become the stars in his kingdom. Give God some praise. It's all about authority. It's about these people rebelling against his authority. Watch. Neither is there salvation in there, for there's another name under heaven given to me, whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Watch this. It says they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And now it says they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. You know when that all started taking place? When they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Now listen, listen to me church. These, this council is sitting here and they are trying or seeking to determine if these men are false prophets. Go to Deuteronomy 13. Now watch this. Deuteronomy 13. You have a dreamer here in John and you have a prophet here in Peter. Now they're both prophets, but... You have a doer in Peter and a thinker in John. You have a doer in Peter and you have a dreamer in John. You with me here? Now watch this. And a mighty sign and a mighty miracle has taken place in Israel. And the discussion is, by what authority? How did it happen? It bypassed our organization. <laughs> <laughs> I am telling you right now, church, I'm talking to us today. You better be careful about how you judge certain moves because you don't know how they're anointed. Man, I'm, I'm learning things, man. 
See, you know what? My world has gotten a little bigger. There's some apostolic Pentecostal people live in a little bitty world. My world has gotten a lot bigger. <laughs> oh, boy. You, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I better stay away from that because I would stir up some stuff. Wow, I don't believe God can move <laughs> without coming to headquarters first and asking for our permission. Are you crazy? You live in a little world, and that little world is not even a real world. <laughs> well, let's check this out. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 13. Remember, we got the dreamer, John, and we got the doer, Peter, right there with a miracle standing beside him. Now, I, I don't mean to offend anybody here today, but I want anybody to, really, seriously, if you can find where, where my preaching and my teaching this morning is in error, you show it to me. Why'd you get quiet? I invite that. I mean, I'm in the book. How many believe I'm in the book? Oh, I knew I was going to have some tough plowing this morning. Look at yourself and say, Peter was a doer. John was a dreamer. Are y'all looking at yourself? Is that what y'all doing? <laughs> okay. And they got a miracle standing beside them. And they're standing at the headquarters office. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams. So we got the prophet and we got the dreamer there at the council. Oh, yeah. Are you with me? And giveth thee a sign or a wonder. You with me? We got the sign and the wonder there. And the sign or the wonder come to pass. Now notice this. Whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth. Now look at this. Who did it? It doesn't say the devil did the miracle. It said God did the miracle. Ooh. God will work a miracle in your eyes. Through the hands of a lying prophet. Now watch. So we got Peter and John. We got his, the miracle standing with them here. And they're questioning the authority. Who did this? How did it happen? Let it, okay, here's the problem though. And the sign of the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. God will work miracles through false prophets. I said God will do it. 
The devil didn't do that. God did that to see if you would go running and chasing after the signs and the wonders and the miracles or if you would continue to follow him in truth. Are you going to chase miracles? Are you going to chase signs? Miracles are done by God through false men as well as true men. These signs shall follow them that believe. You shouldn't be running around chasing after signs and miracles and wonders. That's why you got to be careful about going to conferences all the time unless you are sent there. If you're not sent there, you don't go there. You're not going to say, wow, man, God's really moving here. And they don't preach the Word of God. God tests you to see if you're going to follow Him or serve false gods. Are you with me here? Now watch this. Okay, so what they're doing, basically, this council is they're following this procedure. We got a sign here, we got a dreamer here, we got a doer here. Does it fall in this category of Deuteronomy 13? All right, thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you. Now, listen to me. You stay with the book. I don't care what anybody tells you. If what I say doesn't line up with this book, you don't go with what I say. You go with the book. Always go with the book. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Well, man, there's signs, miracles, and wonders same place there. They don't preach the truth, though. Always go with the book. Are you awake? It says, you shall walk after the Lord your God. Now, here's the problem. Is Peter and John preaching a different God is the question. No. Now here's the point. Jesus must be the God of the Old Testament. Are Peter and John and this son here. Peter and John. <laughs> Peter's a false prophet and John's a false dreamer. And yes, the miracle has taken place. But if they're preaching a false God here, they are to be taken out and killed. And if they're preaching Jesus and that through his name, this man stands before you whole, Jesus must be Israel's God. Not just divine. He must be deity. He must not just have the authority of God. I'm talking about Jesus now. Not just the authority of God or the power of God. He must be God. I'm looking at you today, and in a sense, you are divine. Because you have the power of God on you. You've got the Holy Ghost in you. But you are not deity because you are not God. You can be divine, but not God. But you cannot be God and not be divine, which means has his attributes. Jesus is God. And Peter is not preaching another God to them. He's declaring to them that Jesus is the God of the Old Testament. And we're not telling you to chase other gods. We're telling you that Jesus is God. Because if we're trying to lead you 
into following a false god called Jesus, then you have a right to take us out and stone us to death. But we declare to you that Jesus is God. Oh, give God some praise. And you took him and you crucified him. But guess what? He didn't stay in the grave. He was raised up by the power of the spirit that was in him, God. And, oh yeah. and this man standing right here is a manifestation of God. It's a manifestation of the deity of Jesus Christ. It's a manifestation that who he claimed to be, he is. Give God praise. There has been a new order that's come in here. It's like a tide, a flood tide. It's, not, it's just a big wave that has swept in. The age to come has arrived. The age to come is not going to come. The age to come has come. You are tasting the worlds to come now. You are tasting the age to come now. Hello, heaven. Hello, new order. Woo. See, if the Sadducees, what they believe is right. Come on, are you with me? Then we got to take them out and kill them because they're false. But if Peter and John and this man is a sign of the manifestation of Jesus, that he is truly who he claimed to be, then we've got to bow our knee and repent, and we've got to say we've been wrong. But people don't like to say they were wrong. They don't like to admit it. They got too much pride. They'd rather die and go straight to hell than to recognize the authority of God. Hear me right now. These men, the leadership, not Israel, but the leadership were willing to die and be lost and go to hell to be right. Pride in the heart of man and the refusal to bow to God's authority. Will send, that's what's going to send multitudes to hell. Give God some praise. If I'm not right, then I got to kill the ones that are right. Come on, are you with me here? Give God some praise. Now, let me read, keep on reading here. Hello, somebody. Well, what about family, pastor? Here we go. Verse 4, you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments. That's why Peter and John can stand before this council without fear and great courage and full of passion to declare unto these people that Jesus is Lord. Jesus has authority. And they're not ashamed and they're not intimidated. They are passionate and they are. They are full of courage. You gotta have courage and you gotta have passion to stand up for Jesus. And that passion oftentimes will cause persecution to come your way. But it's either bow to them or bow to Jesus. And I made up my mind a long time ago, I'm gonna bow to Jesus and not to men. There's something very powerful taking place right here. Now let me read to you a little more. The Bible says this Who obey his voice. You shall walk with the Lord your God and fear Him and keep His commandments. And obey. Say obey. Has to do with authority. 
Yeah, we got signs and we got miracles and we got demonstrations of the, the Spirit. But uh, what's important, God says, is this. It's not just the sign and it's not just the anointing. What is, what is important to God is authority. God will collapse every system economically, religiously. It doesn't matter to him. Politically, he'll collapse every system so that his true reign can be seen and manifest. Give him praise. So that the anointing is to produce the kingdom. The anointing is to produce the authority. The God is raising up a people, taking them out of their bed. Well, they tried to find their own rest. God is raising them up and standing them on their feet and says, look at this. This is a manifestation of my authority. Give God some praise. This church is not just going to be a church. We have signs and miracles and anointing. This church is going to be a place where God places his authority. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a body. It's a people that's going to exercise. You already have dominion. But you have to exercise that dominion. You got to go up and possess the land. You say, no, this belongs to Jesus. He has right to possess this. He has the authority to possess this. And you're going to make people mad. Hallelujah. Because they had plans for the land. I said they had plans for the land. But when you go up and possess what God says it belongs to him, you're going to upset him because God's got a kingdom that he's going to establish in this world. And he's going to manifest his right and his authority to exercise his lordship. And that's what people makes people mad. Hello, give God some praise. And you shall serve him and cleave unto him. The blind man was holding on to Peter and John, the scripture says. And really what they were doing, they were holding on to Jesus. They say, we're not going anywhere. We know who we believe. We've got a revelation of who the true king is. We've got a revelation of whose authority. Oh, yeah, he got a revelation. He said, you can't move me if you wanted to. I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to cleave to the Lord. Look at this. I'm going to cleave to his lordship. I'm going to hold on to his lordship. You can't move me if you wanted to. I'm hemmed up in the will of God. First and foremost, you got to know what the will of God is. And once you know what the will of God is, you say, I'm hemmed into it. I don't care if the devils rise up against me. I don't care if people hate me. It doesn't make any difference. I am hemmed into the will of God. You can't move me. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to obey him. I'm going to cleave to him. Amen. Hallelujah. He's the authority. What's this? Okay, here we go. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death. But if he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which he brought you out of the land of Egypt. Say, out of the land of Egypt. What got him out of the land of Egypt? A lamb. A lamb. And it took him 40 years to understand what the lamb did for him. This man was above 40 years old. Israel still doesn't understand what the crucified lamb has done for them. This man is above 40 years old. What's happened to him can happen to you, Israel. But you've got to get a revelation of the finished work. 
You've got to get a revelation of what the Lamb did for you. Israel, every stopping place, the rock, the water flowing from the rock was to teach you this is what the Lamb did for you. When you poured, when that blood of that Lamb was shed, every manifestation of God from that point on, the crossing through the Red Sea, coming to Mount Sinai, Pentecost there, it's all about the Lamb, what the Lamb did for you. Every stopping place was God telling them, this is about the lamb. This is what the lamb. You're not getting this, are you? So here we go. Tied in it with his authority is the finished work is my point. And that's what these men are preaching. You crucified him. Now he's risen from the dead. It's through his name, the name of the lamb, that this man stands here whole before you. Now watch this, okay? Go to Deuteronomy 13 again. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, Peter or John, shall be put to death because he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. How? By the Lamb. By the Lamb. By the Lamb. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, Jesus, and redeemed you. Say, redeemed you. How? Redemption. Redeems you out of the house of bondage. To thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. So shalt thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. But what they just don't have a revelation of is this. Is that Peter and John are telling these people, these religious leaders, he is the lamb. He's the one that was typically foreshadowed in the Old Testament. He is the God of Israel. Manifest as the Lamb. Do you see it? Now watch. I'll, I'll, I'll go back over there and I'll read it to you so you'll, you'll understand. Wow. The Lord thy God commanded thee to walk, so shalt thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. If thy brother, oh, now we're going to talk about family. This is serious stuff, isn't it? He'll say, don't let family sidetrack you. Come on, somebody. They'll try. If thy brother, the son, verse thir chapter 13, verse 6, Deuteronomy 13, 6. If thy brother, the son of thy mother, or the son of thy daughter, or the wife of thy bosom, or thy friend which is thine own soul, entice thee secretly, saying, Let us go and serve other gods which thou hast not known, thou nor thy fathers, the gods, the people which are round about you, nigh unto thee, or far off from thee, from the one end of the earth, even unto the other end of the earth. Thou shalt not consent unto them, nor hearken unto him. Neither shalt thine eye pity him. Neither shalt thou spare. Neither shalt thou conceal him. Come on, somebody. Yeah. But thou shalt surely kill him. Thy hand shall be first upon him to put him to death. And afterwards the hand of all the people. He said you can't hide your own family members. You can't pity your own family members. If they're trying to distract you out of the will and the authority of God. said you don't pity them. You don't hide them. You got to hear me right now. Give God some praise. And thank God we're not living in the Old Testament because there would be a lot of rocks piled up. Pastor, that's my flesh and that's my blood. But if they are rebelling against God, His authority, you better be careful about pitying them. 
trying to hide them, trying to cover up for them. How many of y'all are so on fire for God? And love God so much that even if your family tries to sidetrack, you say, no, no, I'm not going there, man. I know in whom I believed. Well, without reading a bunch more, I know time is getting away from me. (laughs) Watch, are y'all still awake? Look at this. Verse 10, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole, corporate man. You with me? This is the stone which was set in unto you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. You could redemption in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm talking about he's preaching to Israel here. This is what the apostle said. Israel, you can't be saved except through Jesus. And all these people who stand up and say that some of these men who deny Jesus Christ have more of God in their, in their pinky than we do in our whole hand are out of order. They are wrong. The only way you can be saved is through Jesus Christ. That's what Jewish apostles said to leadership of Israel. But will you be deceived? Will you be deceived? And receive another gospel, another message, and declare they're saved without Jesus. You show me in this book where that can happen. Give God some praise, church. Don't get mad at me. I'm just on fire for Jesus. I love him. Do you get this? These people claim to be the people of God he's preaching to. Now watch this. Okay, here we go. Neither salvation, for there is none other name under heaven. Verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. He don't say they saw the timidity, timidity and the shyness and the backwardness and hiding. Ooh, we better hide. When you get anointed, you get bold. You get bold in God, the bold in the things of God. You don't care what people think. You don't care. The devil can walk up and put his finger in your face. And tell you, I'm going to kill you if you don't stop preaching. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you'll rise up and say, get thee behind me, Satan. And still preach. Watch this. Yeah, man. Now watch. He goes on and says this. That they were ignorant or unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled. They took knowledge of them that they had been with who? Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. <laughs> but when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among them, saying, themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? This is the, the religious leaders. What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them as 
manifest. This man is a manifestation of Jesus. He's a picture of the corporate man. Watch. Religious, religious world is not going to like what God is doing in, the, in this hour. Get ready. They're going to try to resist it and fight it. Now, here we go. Where was I? What verse? Yeah, 16. Say, what shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest. Say manifest. To all them that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. But that it is spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. It's a conspiracy of silence. The enemy wants to silence us. He wants to silence me. He wants to silence you. But he's not going to be able to do it. We're threatening them. Try to, try to silence them. They can't do it. Don't teach in this name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. All we can preach is what we just got through preaching. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that all of the authority of God is in his name because of what he did on the cross as the Lamb of God. And that's all we've seen. And that's all we've heard. And that's all we're going to preach. We are a Melchizedek priesthood declaring the finished work of Jesus going forth with bread and wine in our heads telling people it is finished. but just preach that which we have seen and heard. If you hadn't seen it and you hadn't heard it you can't preach it. The fivefold ministry is the Melchizedek priesthood in which God has placed his authority to preach it is finished. Give God some praise. Now watch, here we go. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all Glorified God. Say glorified. <laughs> yeah. For that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. Can you see it, Israel? Do you understand the top? That the one that brought you out of Egypt, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is the one that caused this man who's above 40-year-old to stand here as you hold. He is the lamb that was crucified. It took Israel 40 years in the wilderness to see the lamb. And so now these men are trying to get Israel now to see the lamb. Give God praise. Are you getting it here? 
And being let go, they went to their own company. Now they're going to go to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord. Said what? They said, Lord. Said, Lord. Can I ask you a question? The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath no place to lay his head. Has he found a place in your life to lay his, to put his head on? He's looking for a place where he can rule. He's looking for a place he can exercise his headship. He's looking for a place where he can lay his head. And that, that can only be done upon a mature body. That's why this man's a picture of a church system that needs to be raised up and healed. Stand up on its feet so that God can place his authority. And come on, are you hearing me? So that the whole struggle in this chapter is whose authority? And that's the struggle for you. Who's the struggle for me? Whose authority? Now watch. They prayed and they said, what? Lord, thou art God. We're not preaching another God. You're looking at a one God, Jesus' name, Holy Ghost filled, tongue-talking preacher. I'm not preaching another message. And that's what these men are trying to get this leadership to understand. We're not preaching another God. Hello, somebody. One, of course, said, Lord, thou art God. Jesus is God. Which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Jesus created the heavens and the earth. And you Sadducees, all you believe in is what you can see. All the material. Only that which is material. Come on. Only that which you can reason with your minds. You don't see a spirit world. You don't see resurrection power. You don't believe in angels. But I want to tell you that the very one who made that man to stand here, ho, as a corporate man. It was a type of that which is to come in the last days. In a church. It is he, the invisible God of creation. His name is Jesus who created what you see. He's the one behind creation. You know what, if I, if I believed like they did, I'd be sad too. <laughs> if I believed that all there was was what I could see, my circumstances would take me down every day. My problems would defeat me every day. My struggle would take me down every day. But you see, you have to have the ability to see beyond the physical and to see God's authority in your <laughs> Give God some praise. Would you give him a praise? Give him a praise. God, you made heaven and earth. Jesus, you made heaven and earth. You have authority over my life. Amen. 
who by the mouth of thy servant David, David has said, wow, say David. David. We talked about his passion in Acts 2, right? The passion of David. Let's go over here and see what he said. Is that all right? I'm almost through. About another two hours. No, it won't be two hours. Might be three. What did David say? Now, you've got to get this. You've got to get this. Because we're dealing with headship here and authority. This blows my mind. It blows my mind. See, my struggle is finding the key. If I can find the key, that's all I need. And it, watch, okay, y'all going to, well, you might get excited. I don't know. I can't, I can't make you get excited about the Word of God. Here we go. Y'all ready? Here's what he said. Here's, okay. David. Who by the mouth of thy servant David, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? It's a head problem. I said it's a head problem. Problem is not with Jesus. And the problem is not with the church. The problem's with our head. It's a head problem. The enemies of the Christ of God are not just nations, political nations like China, etc., etc., and Russia, etc. There are other nations. There are religious denominations that are against the Christ of God. There are also imaginations that are against the Christ of God. The battle is in our heads. It's not with Jesus. It's not with his church. It's with the headship. The head is where the problem is. Look at your neighbor and say, sometimes my head's sick. (laughs) Problem is with the head. That's why he's got to take yours off and put his on. You don't hear me, do you? Read Hebrews 4. The sword of the Spirit is given to take our heads off so that he can put his back on top. So there'll be a proper headship. See, I got a sick head. My soul is sick. Let this mind, which was in Christ Jesus, also be in you. We got a head problem. He's got to take my head off. And the way he does it is with his sword. And when he takes my head off, then I can enter beyond the veil. Beyond the veil in the most holy place. And now I got his headship. I got his authority. I'm walking in his mind. I'm thinking his thoughts. You're getting it. You're getting it now. You're getting it. It's taking me two hours, but we're finally getting there. See the key here? His head is the head. Say the head. The head is the key to this whole chapter. Now, and I'm not, you know, the best at it. This is, one of these days I'll have this, this message perfected. This is the first time I've ever preached it like this. So don't throw me out yet. I haven't perfected this message yet. I'm just feeling after God. God's good. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen heathen rage? Say the heathen ones that rage. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, Are you a heathen? 
And the people imagine vain things. Their mind is going wild. Crazy thinking. Crazy. <laughs> I know who's crazy. It's not me. And it's not you. It's people that don't have the headship of Jesus in their life. They're the one. They say, we're crazy for running and shouting and praising God. Getting his mind. Getting his peace. Getting his rest. Leaving our bed behind. And they're out there running from psychologist to psychologist. And they're on all kinds of drugs. And we're crazy. Got a whole box full of drugs. That haven't even been tested. Haven't even been proven to work. On their illness. But they got their box of drugs. I found out not too long ago that within a few years, most drugs are taken completely off the market. But you're walking around with your basket of drugs saying, man, I've got to have these, and they're not even proven. You're crazy, not me. Give God some praise, would you? Vain I'm here to tell you right now there's a better way. It's losing your mind and getting the mind of Christ. It's losing your head and getting his headship. It's a place where you leave your bed and you get up and you say, Now, Lord, you can lay your head on me. Because I lost mine. Look at you never say, I lost my mind. And I'm so glad I did. Because I've been wanting to die for a long time. But I got good news for you. You're dead. And your life is hidden. Your life is hidden, God, in Christ Jesus. I'm going to eulogize you this morning. You're dead. You got something to rejoice about. You're dead. Your life is hidden, God, in Christ Jesus. Our whole life, we're looking for some way to die. And I'm here to tell you, you're dead. <laughs> now look at your neighbor and say, I'm not a servant to time. <laughs> if you're not careful, I'll cut your hand off too. Got your head? Now I get your hand. Wish I'd have brought my sword today, brother. I got a two-edged sword. <laughs> Just come up here and put your hand on that platform. <laughs> It'll run out the door. Say, ah, I got to be somewhere. I got to be somewhere. I got to be somewhere. And you can stay here. <laughs> I love y'all anyway. I promise you, if we cut your hand off, it'd run out the door screaming, I got to be somewhere. <laughs> Got to do something. You need this. We're right now just moving into the place where God is setting you free from your mindset. And you're ready to go. Now watch this, okay? Because David is quoting a psalm that is connected to headship. Oh, man, I'm having fun now, man. Wow. 
The kings of the earth. Ah, the kings of the earth. Those who claim authority. Those who claim rulership. The kings of the earth, dominion, watch this, stood up. And the rulers, rulers, say heads, were gathered together against the Lord. And against his Christ. Look at this. Look at this. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. Israel's not the only one that had a part in his crucifixion. The Gentiles were also a part of it. You with me? Pontius Pilate. Herod, they were part. So what we see here is this. For to do whatsoever thy hand, thy counsel determined for to be done. He is quoting Psalm 2, so go there. Watch this. This is called Jesus the Messiah. Life and times of Jesus the Messiah. I'm going to read something out of this. Psalm 2. David is quoting this Psalm 2. It is quoted by the apostles. Here's the Psalm. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth, ah, oh, the sun, moon, stars, earthly kings. And the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, all capitalized. This is God Himself. And against His anointed, against the Christ. Now listen to me very carefully. When you talk about the Christ of God, you are talking about His anointed body. So it's not just Jesus Christ that these people rise up, the kings of the earth rise up against these imaginations, denominations, Nations, and um, you with me, imaginations, nations, denominations that rise up against the Christ as God. It's not just Jesus they're rising up against, they're rising up against His anointed body. You with me here? His anointed body. Now, here we go. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Now, here's the response of God to this. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. Sometimes God smiles and sometimes God laughs. And right here, he's laughing. He's mocking them. Who are you, little man? Rising up against the Lord and His Christ rebel against Him and His headship. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision or confusion. Then shall He speak unto them in His wrath and vex them in His sore displeasure. Yet have I set my King upon my holy hill of Zion. Hello, Zion. 
Now hold on. Hold on. Watch. Watch this. Yet I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. You know where Zion is? Most holy place. Hello, Zion. It's a church who made it to the top. Woo! How will declare? Now, remember Zion, it's a place, it's linked to a sunny place. It's linked to a sunny place, place of glory. You hear? Has to be this presence. Say manifest presence. I will declare the decree. Oh, you rebelled against him. You took him. You crucified him. Your sins nailed him to a tree. And you thought you were going to be rid of him. But I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. I'm going to make a new covenant as a result of his death on the cross. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen. Aren't you glad? I'm glad God gave me to Jesus because I was a heathen. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. You're going to destroy those who rebel against you. You will destroy those who destroy you. Thou shalt break them with a rod. This is authority. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. And rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son. Bow down to his authority. Take, take a knee. Take his hand. Kiss his hand. Kiss the son. Recognize his authority. Lest he be angry and ye perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Now watch this. Get Ezekiel chapter 38, please. Ezekiel 38. When the apostles quote Psalm 2, they link it to Pontius Pilate, the Gentiles, Herod, and Israel as a whole group rebelling against God and His Christ. Okay? That's what's happening there. They're rebelling against His Lordship. Now, Ezekiel 38 verse 1 and 2. Read that. Listen to this. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog. Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog. Chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. And what? And prophesy against him. And say, Thus saith the Lord God. Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, or the chief head. 
The battle here is for headship. Here, listen to this. The apostles apply Psalm 2 to this chapter concerning the headship of Jesus. And Ezekiel 38 talks about Gog, the chief prince, or chief head of Meshach and Tubal. Now listen to what, this is what Jewish scholarship says about Psalm 2. Are you ready? Okay. Psalm 2. Now are you sure you're ready? I'm not going to read this if you're not ready for this. I'm not going to cast my pearls before swine. I'm not calling you pigs. Okay, he called me a pig today. No, I didn't call you a pig. This is very important. Okay, you ready for this? All right. They, he applies Psalm 2 to the crucifixion week. The apostles do. Now watch. They tried to destroy his headship, but when they put him on the cross, that's when he crushed their headship. And the chief prince or the chief head is seen as being there at the time of his crucifixion trying to crush his head. But Jesus defeated the Gog or the headship of Gog at the cross. With me? Now I'm going to prove it to you. I told you there's a key to every chapter. Psalm 2. This is out of uh, the life and times of Jesus, the Messiah by Alfred Edershine. He is a Jewish believer, Jewish scholar. Psalm 2, as might be expected, is treated as full messianic references. To begin with, Psalm 2, 1 is applied. Listen, Psalm 2, 1 is applied to the wars of Gog and Magog in Jewish scholarship. The war of Gog and Magog, he just read to you about it in Ezekiel 38. The ch- Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. And now the apostles are preaching that to these people in Acts chapter 4. And he says that these people, Herod, Pontius Pilate, the Gentiles in Israel, have gathered against the Lord and his Christ to bring down his headship. But when they crucified him on the cross, that's when he crushed Gog's head. So Gog is seen typically as everybody who is in rebellion against God and his Christ. It's powerful. The war is about headship. Psalm 2, as might be expected, is treated as a full messianic reference. To begin with, Psalm 2 is applied to the wars of Gog and Magog in Jewish scholarship. Watch this. Now, some of y'all, you already know this. That's why you're, just, you're going to sleep on me, because I've already shared some of this with you before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know where you're going, Pastor. And also, okay, that, that's in the Talmud, and then also in the Midrash on Psalm 2, the, the scholars say this. Verse 2 is applied to the Messiah. Uh... This is a lot of information concerning them. We have the following remarkable simile on the words against God. In these Jewish scholarships, okay? And his Messiah on those words against God and his Messiah. 
liken them to a robber who stands defiantly behind the palace of the king and says, if I shall find the son of the king, I shall lay hold on him and crucify him. Jewish scholarship applied Gog to the one standing there at the cross crucifying the son of the king. And this is what the apostles, in applying this message concerning the headship of Jesus, is trying to get Israel to see. Don't you see it? That you are caught up in Gog. You stood there at the cross. You cut the king's son. And just as your scholars said, you crucified the king's son. When they talk about resurrection, they're not talking about eternal life. They're talking about a, a total catastrophic event that takes place. And there's a whole new order comes in in the kingdom of God. The headship of Jesus Christ is established. Now watch. Are y'all getting this? Am I making sense or is this too heavy? Against God and his Messiah, liken them to a robber who stands defiantly behind the palace of the king and says, If I shall find the son of the king... I shall lay hold on him and crucify him and kill him with a cruel death. But the Holy Spirit mocks at him. <laughs> he that sitteth in the heaven shall laugh. Why, isn't that awesome? Beautiful. But to return, Psalm 2 form, is Messianic applied in the Talmud, applied to Messiah in the Midrash, and where it is said that of, of the three measures of suffering, one goes to King Messiah, of whom it is written, He was wounded for our transgression. They say to the King Messiah, Where dost thou seek to dwell? He answers, is this question also necessary in Zion, my holy hill? He said, I'm going to set in my holy hill of Zion. Hello, Zion of God. So now he's found a place to put his headship. Yet have I set my holy hill upon my, my king upon my holy hill. Zion. That's what this is all about. Is where is Jesus going to lay his head? Where is he going to place his headship? And there's a struggle. And there's rebellion. And there's vain imaginations. And, and everybody wants to say, no, I'm going to rule. I'm going to take charge. God said, no, 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 no. When you crucified him on the cross, you thought you destroyed his headship. But actually what he did was through the finished work of the cross, he crushed the head of the enemy and brought in his new covenant isn't that awesome give God a hand clap praise so in closing verse 29 and now Lord behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, this is not for your average church member, folks. Listen to me.
What I am preaching to you is not for your average church member. They don't have time for me to go through these details. But God is going to have a mature body, a remnant, who he's going to place his authority on, not just anoint you, but when you go forth, you're going to go forth to manifest Jesus in this world with authority and power. And this is not for everybody. And as they pray this, listen to me. They're praying in the context of this psalm concerning Gog. They're praying this now, in case you don't understand it. The initial fulfillment of Psalm 2 and Ezekiel 38 took place at the cross. So that the seven days of the crucifixion is a type of the seven years of the tribulation period. So you have an initial fulfillment at the cross and an ultimate fulfillment in the last days where Gog is, is, is defeated. You understand it, right? And so now they're praying. They got together and they understand authority. And they understand, that, hey, you know what? This man is just a type of what God's going to do in the last days. Raising up a mature body and authority who's going to manifest Jesus and his authority. Yeah, man. And it's awesome because some of you are hearing things that are prophetically given in the word of God. And you're living in the day in which God is going to bring it to pass. And if you could discern the times in which you live in the hour that God is manifesting his presence in a body. But he's also manifesting himself in time. This is the time of his rest. And we just happen to be a part of this. And so... When I look at these chapters, I'm telling, I'm asking God, give me the key for the hour in which we live. We can understand what you are doing. Most people don't have time for that. But I want to be a part of that, don't you? Amen. So they're praying, understanding these things. Oh, man. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. Look at your neighbor and say, there's a whole lot of shaking going on around here. Oh, a whole lot of shaking going on here. This physical structure was shaken that they were in. But the kingdom of darkness was shaken with this message. If you could just receive it, the kingdom of darkness will shake when you pray. And they were all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, I thought they got in Acts chapter 2. Where were they in Acts 2? Here it says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. What happened to them? They missed their appointment in Acts 2? No, they were there in Acts 2. They got born, baptized in the Holy Ghost, put in the body of Christ, say the body of Christ. In the corporate man, they got put there, but it says they were all filled. Has to do with anointing. It has to do with anointing. It has to do with operating in God's service, His work. Say, I can get anointed every time I do something for God. There is anointing. You here right now, you don't get rebaptized in the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost don't walk out of you and come back in. He's still there. 
He's in you. He's in me right now. All of a sudden, though, you get aware of his presence. That anointing is the awareness. It's a manifestation of God in you. That's taking place here. And it shakes everything up. Shakes the devil up. It shakes. It's shaking up this religious church system. It's shaking this house. It'll shake your house. It'll shake your family up. It'll shake your church up. It'll shake your life up. It'll shake up the powers of darkness. He came to shake everything that can be shaken. And next week, if the Lord willing, I'll preach to you on renewal and the importance of it. Say the passion of renewal. Because if you get baptized in the Holy Ghost and you just come and sit on a pew... I got the Holy Ghost baptized just name on my way to glory. I'm going to show you next week that there is a renewal that you must have in your life in order to even continue to live. If there is no renewal in your life today, you cannot continue to live in the things of God. There must be a renewal in your life. There must be a shaking off of your carnal mind, your vain imagination. You must move in to the presence of God or you will die. Anything that continues to live must be renewed. That's the reason why we come to church, hear the Word of God. That's why we run, shout, praise God. That's why we pray. That's why we fast. Because we understand in order to continue to live, we've got to move into renewal. So now they're praying, right? As they're praying, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. Hallelujah. And this is not for everybody. Everybody's not going to get there. They're not. But I want it. Everybody's going to walk in that kind of authority. But I want it. It's available to you. I'm trying to tell you it's available to you. I don't want to just be anointed. I want to walk in the authority of God. Yeah, go ahead and place your head right here, Lord. Place your head in this church, Lord. Let your will be done, God. If that means i got to die, let your will be done, God. That means you got to take my head off and put your head in its place. Take my head off, God. Whatever you got to do, God. I tried it my own way. I slept in my own bed. I've made my own bed, and I've had to lie in it. I'm saying, now, God, I want you to take it. Now, Revelation 12. And this, next week, I'll preach on renewal, if the Lord willing. But Revelation 12, let's close this. And I'm going to show you this bride, this woman, who has made it to that place of headship. And understand, walking in the authority of Jesus and manifesting Jesus in kingdom power. Revelation 12, verse 1. There appeared a great wonder in heaven. Say in heaven. Where? In heaven. Remember the ascension? Gifts? Ascension? Lord wants to want you to walk in ascension gifting. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? you you'll get in just a minute. Hang in here. Hang in here. The way you walk an ascension walk is by seeing Jesus. Understand his authority. Understand his shit. Oh 
knowing what he's doing right now. Watch this. It appeared a great wonder. Say a wonder. That man standing there was called a wonder. A woman. Say a woman. Clothed with the sun. Who wants to be the Lord's woman this morning? Now, I, I, need, a, I need a woman of the female gender. <laughs> I want you to come stand right here. If you want to be God's woman, come here quickly. Don't, stand, don't look at me for five hours. All right. Get up here. Turn around so everybody can look at you. A woman. How many women? The woman do I have out here, the bride? A woman. Clothed with the sun. Which means, you don't mind me. Okay. Which means she's got a revelation in her mind of who the true king is. She's clothed. I'm sorry. That's anointed stuff, sister. Hallelujah. Are you all right? I didn't mean to spit on you. <laughs> but that's what preachers do. <laughs> you, you volunteered. Clothed with the sun. She's got a revelation of Jesus. The book of Revelation is to give you a revelation of Jesus. Everything that's being taken out of the way is the removal of all other systems. Revelation of Jesus. So she's clothed with the sun. She's got a revelation of Jesus. He's the king. And as you behold him, the more you manifest him. If you don't behold him, you don't manifest him. Because you have to see him. That's why I take three or four hours to preach him to you. So you can manifest what you see. So now she's got a revelation of Jesus. She's seen him. She understands his kingdom authority. Up here she's matured. His headship's there. He's king of kings and lord of lords. And she's manifesting that rule. Now, so she's, look at this. Appeared a great wonder and had a woman clothed with the sun. And the moon where? Under her feet. This is what she used to be. This is the old order church. But now the sun is what she has become. She's moved from an old order system to a kingdom type move of God. Got it? Because the moon's under her feet. Now you can also apply this that she's ruling over the powers of darkness. Because the moon rules by night and the sun by day. Look at your and say it's a new day. There's been a dawning of a new day. The new age is come. It's not going to come. It's here now. Do you have a revelation of the new day? She's got a revelation of the new day. She's clothed with the sun. The moon's under her feet. The powers of darkness are defeated by her. But also it's a picture of the old order church. Y'all doing okay? Man. 
And she, now, okay, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. So she's been in the heavens and she's got a revelation of all the constellations and what they mean. And we preached for months on that. So she's got a revelation, hallelujah, of the heavenlies. But not only that, the 12 stars represent the 12 apostles. So she's apostolic. She's walking in apostolic authority, got a revelation of the new day, a revelation of the true king. She's gone beyond the old order, the old church way. You here with me now? And she being with child. No wonder the apostles. You get to get this. Look at these keys, how they link up. No wonder the apostles prayed in Acts 4. Thy holy child. Jesus. They're linked. And she being with child. Cried travailing in birth. She's got a child. She's bailing birth. And pain to be delivered. What's going on here? The man child is Jesus Christ. She is wanting to manifest Jesus to the world. And actually Jesus, what we see here, Jesus is wanting to manifest himself through her. Okay, you with me here? I'm so hot. I'm just blown. <sighs> so she's ready to be delivered of this child. There appeared a, another wonder in heaven. Here's the conflict of the ages. That's what Acts 4 is about. And behold, a great red dragon having seven heads. He claims to have perfect governmental authority. When you talk about seven, you're talking about completion. And you're talking about perfection. And when you talk about head, you're talking about government. He claims to have perfect authority. Here's the conflict that these apostles were going through. <sighs> Having seven heads, this is Leviathan that the prophets talked about in the Old Testament. And ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. Okay. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. God said, this day have I begotten you. He's not just talking about his earthly conception and birth. He's talking about when he came out of the grave and resurrection power and authority and set his son in his holy mountain, called him king, and set him up in his holy mountain of Zion. This day have I begotten thee. You understand? Wow. And she brought forth a man-child. Say, a man-child. We got a manifestation of Jesus here. She has become a manifestation of Jesus. So that now she's not just a woman reflecting him. She has... She has literally become what he is. 
She has matured, walking in his authority, manifesting him to this earth in kingdom power. But you cannot manifest what you don't see. And the enemy wants, the conflict is there, man. Who's in charge? She brought forth. Is this church, are you going to bring forth a man child? Is Jesus going to be manifest here in a corporate man? Do you see what we see? We see a woman, but then we see a man. So, so the church has matured. She's no longer just seen as a bride. She's now seen as a corporate man walking in his authority. There's something even greater than his being a, his bride manifesting. It's when he, you mature to a place of a, being a corporate man. Are you okay up here? Okay. You all right? The Bible says this. Now look. She brought forth a man-child who she was to rule all nations. Communistic name, doesn't matter. He shall rule all nations with a rod of iron. Which means he's not going to ask anybody what they think. He's just going to take over. And her child was cut up, caught up unto God and to his throne. Ultimate. Headship. That's why in Revelation 4, the, the church has said, Come up hither. Get up here in this dimension. Watch. He's asking you to mature. Verse 6. And the woman fled into the wilderness. Israel wandered in the wilderness for how long? Forty years. Why? To give them a revelation of the Lamb. This man was about 40 years. You see the connection here? Wow. The woman fled in the wilderness where she hath a place prepared, prepared, say to me, prepared. prepared. To prepare means it's, it was done beforehand. It's finished. How was it prepared? By the Lamb. By the work of the Lamb. Of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days or three and a half years. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought against and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. Got it? And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So what she's doing then in the wilderness here, she's feeding on the finished work of the Lamb. The Lord has prepared a table for them in the presence of their enemies. And so what we have to do is we have to keep feeding on Jesus, keep seeing Jesus. And as we see Jesus, we are maturing in that corporate man until ultimately there's going to be a manifestation of his kingdom, power, and authority. And the powers of darkness are coming down. It's going to be shaken. 
Now watch. You see, we move from the old order system. And, all right, here we go. Yeah, Leviathan's cast out, called the devil. Satan was deceived the whole world, was cast in the earth. His angels were cast out with him. I heard a loud voice. Say a loud voice. Loud voice. L loud voice. Loud voice. Say loud voice. Loud Say loud voice. Loud in heaven. In heaven. Hello, heaven. Yeah. See, instead of looking at this all the way up there somewhere, you got to get it here. I said, you got to get it here. You got to get a revelation of it here and now. Don't say tomorrow. Say today. Don't lock it up in some future time. Today. The Holy Ghost says today. The flesh says tomorrow. Don't say Passover only. That's the Lamb. Don't say Pentecost only. Say tabernacles. Kingdom operation. Say today. It is only, only men like Jeroboam who set up counterfeit tabernacle times and says, this is the time we're going to observe it. The eighth month instead of the seventh month, we'll observe it in a latter time, but we won't observe, observe it now. It's only Jeroboam's who do that. Most of you are with me right now. You with me here? Give God. All right, here we go. Say today. Well, bro, Pastor, I thought this was all going to happen in the future. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. This has spiritual application for us today. Now watch this. Okay. Are y'all all right? Y'all I'm not, where y'all out? <laughs> loud voice. Say a loud voice. Can I ask you a question? I'm going to sit down. You just keep standing. I'm going to sit down over here. Not really. Can I ask you a question? What in the world are you going to do with heaven? In heaven? What are you going to do in heaven? You're going to be looking at your clock and say, Hey, you know what? I better get back down there on earth. You're not going to be comfortable in heaven. Because what we're doing right now is going to go on forever and ever and ever and ever. In fact, God's not even going to allow your watch in heaven. So I'm praying for some of y'all. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven. Hello, heaven. Now is come salvation. Now is come salvation. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Acts 4. And now is salvation come? When did it come? In the middle of the tribulation period? It's here now. Mm -hmm. Now has come salvation, strength, and the kingdom of God. When's the kingdom of God coming? It's here now. I've been translated into his kingdom. There is going to be a future millennial kingdom, but we are in the kingdom now. Now it's come salvation, the strength, the kingdom of our God. Now you know why Israel, these leadership were fighting against this. Because they understood what it meant at a greater detail than we did. I read to you some of their concepts about Psalm 2. You understand? Wow. Now it's come salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our God. And the power 
of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. She's been feeding on the Lamb. Come on, that 40-year-old man right there, he's a picture of Israel. Don't you see what the Lamb did for you? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They love not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Are you dwelling there right now? Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth he hath but a short time. He's the one running out of time. You sit down, sister. Thank you. Lord bless you. He's the one running out of time. I'm not running out of time. God's not running out of time. The devil's running out of time. She, she made a good wonder in heaven, didn't she? Amen. Now watch this. Therefore rejoice you heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Are you an earth dweller? Is that where your whole concept and whole life and whole mindset is? Is in the earth? And of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted. Passion produces persecution. He did what? What is the title of the message? Passion produces persecution. Hello. And the, when the dragon saw that he was cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who brought forth what? The man. Now it is the man. Before his. Let me make sure. Verse 5 the man child. Now it says the man. But the child is in italics. The child has matured. There is going to be a corporate man that's going to mature in the earth in the last days that is going to manifest Jesus' kingdom, authority, and power. And in the midst of that, there is going to be a persecution that will arise. So you better get ready. You are not going to escape everything and manifest the authority of power of God. You cannot. I don't know about the tribulation period. About us going into that. But I guarantee you're not going to escape all the persecution. And I just might want to throw this out to you. You know. Because I mean. We're learning a lot more and more and more and more as we go. You might just get ready for the trib. And not ever. You think everybody's going to make it. They're not. They can't even come to church. They can't even come to church. They think they're going to make it through the tribulation period? Man, I was a pre-tribber for 20, 20 years. Hello. I could only preach what I had seen and heard. And I'm not saying, I'm not discounting that. That's still, that's still a you know, possibility. But I'm, I'm more and more holding out to you the possibility of you going in that time period. 
And you, you have a hard time coming to church? Wow. Got quiet in here, didn't it? When the dragon saw that he was cast in the earth, he persecuted the woman. Say, persecuted the woman, which brought forth the man. Got a manifestation going on. And to the one were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time, times a half time, from the face of the serpent. Look at your neighbor and say, I got to keep my woman in the heavens. I can't let the enemy get her out of her place. Got to keep my soul in the heavens. Where she is nursed for a time, times a half time from the face of the serpent. The serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman. That he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood. Which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Say propaganda. Say his preaching. Say his message. Do you know when he talks about the Tower of Babel in the book of Revelation? It's literally translated as a pulpit. When, it's, when it talks about Babylon mounting up to the heavens, you remember Revelation 17 and 18? That word there, Babylon, mounting to the heavens like one stone upon another, like the tower was, is literally called a pulpit. It is preached from pulpits. It's a propaganda of serpents. It has nothing with establishing God's authority. So this flood of propaganda, false teaching, <sighs> flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. What is the flood that flows out of us? Manifestation of the glory of God, right? And the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Let's stand. Father God, I praise you right now for your awesome name. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your headship. Thank you for your authority. Give us more and more understanding, God, about what you're doing Right now in the spirit. We honor you today. We thank you that Gog. All those that rebel against you God. Have been defeated by the cross. If you will submit to his authority. If you will submit to God's authority. Everywhere you go. I can promise you persecution. But everywhere you go, there will be a shaking. And there will be a manifestation of Jesus. And there will be the voice of many waters. Not the propaganda of Satan. But the voice of many waters that are going to cover this. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord are going to cover the earth. As the waters cover the seas. And as you go forth, out of you will flow. 
the glory of God that will manifest God in this earth and His authority and His power. Do you have a passion for His authority? Do you have a passion for His headship? Do you have a passion for Jesus? He's going to have a mature church. A group of people, a remnant that will grow up in Him. Say with me, grow up in Him. Which is the head. Now give God praise. And He's going to raise up impotent people. Powerless people. And make them stand upright on their feet. That He may place His authority. His headship upon. I thank you for a church in Odessa, Texas, Lord. That understands. The purpose of the feast. Is to manifest the kingdom. That the purpose of Passover. And the purpose. And your headship. And your authority. And let us go forth now. And be active. Not passive. Speaking with a loud voice. Not silenced by conspiracy. God, I feel your anointing right now. I feel your glory. Lift your hands right now. The fire of God. The fire of God. The fire of God. Consuming fire. The voice of many waters. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Last verse, and I'll let you go. Last verse, and let you go. I'm going to show you. Revelation chapter 1. Watch this. Behold, he comes with clouds. Every eye shall see him. Say, see him. It's going to be a manifestation of Jesus. He comes with clouds. Who are the clouds? It's not some kind of literal cloud we're talking about here. Hello, clouds. There is an appearing of Jesus in you. And every eye shall see him. How are they going to see him? Through you. Yes, this is his literal coming. But listen, there must be an appearing of Jesus in us now. And they also which pierced him. Here we go. We got Pontius Pilate, Gentile. They also which pierced him. All kings of the earth shall well because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is. Say which is. Which was and which is to come. Say he is now. He was the God of the Old Testament. He is now and he is to come. This book out is, is laid out that way. You have to understand Revelation that way. He which was, is, and is to come. Okay, here we go. Watch this. The Almighty, I, John, say Almighty. Almighty. He's sovereign again. 
I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the owl that is called Patmos. Patmos means the place of my death. For what? The word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And heard behind me. Say behind me. He said he heard behind him. Watch. He heard behind him a voice. Where was John? He had made it to the place I'm preaching to you about. He was in the throne room. He heard a voice behind him. And he turned to see the voice that spake with him. And being turned, he saw what? One like the Son of Man standing in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. That's in the holy place. Watch. Jesus standing in the church. There's something beyond the church is what I'm trying to tell you. John is beyond the church. He's in the throne. He's in the kingdom moving of God. Yeah, turn I see Jesus over there. He, Jesus is still in the church realm. What's he doing there? Read two and three. He's beseeching those people in the church to move up into the kingdom operation of the Spirit. There's something beyond the church. The church flows out of the kingdom, not the kingdom out of the church. This is revolutionary. Amen? So he turned. Look at this. Watch. The places of his death. I was in the spirit of the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Say trumpet. So the trumpet is a voice, prophetic voice, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it to the seven churches, which are in Asia, under Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of seven golden candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head. Do you understand this? The head is the only thing, only thing that can produce the beard. The oil flows from the top of the head down on Aaron. From the top of the head down to his beard. Then down to his garments to the foot. The head is the only thing that can produce the beard. The head is the set man. The beard is the leadership that he produces, and the under the beard is the body underneath that leadership. Amen. Jesus is the ultimate, though, head. Now watch this. Okay, here we go. With a garment down to the foot, a girdle about with paps with a golden girdle. His head, his hair, were white like wool, as white as the snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like into fine brass, as though it burned at first. And his voice has the sound of what? Many waters. Hello, many waters. So that when you see him, the Son of Man standing in the midst of seven going to candlestick, we're not just talking about Jesus. We're talking about the corporate man. We're talking about the corporate body. It is the voice of many waters. Hello, many waters. His voice is upon the waters. 
See, do you see it? And he had his right hand seven, in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And I uh, say sharp sword. And his countenance was as a sun which shineth in his strength. But now the woman is seen clothed with the sun. She has become, become what he is. Got it? Isn't that awesome? That what is said of him is said of her. She has matured up in there. She's grown up in him which is the head. This is the corporate body you see. The corporate man standing here. His countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. If this is killing you, it's good. <laughs> see, he... I got to fall down as a dead man. Then he can lift me up into a mature man and place his headship on me. First, he got to get rid of me. Too much of me and not enough of him. I saw him. I felt his feet as dead. He laid his right hand. Say right hand. Authority upon me. Saying unto me, fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth. Now look at this. I am the first. I am the last. Well, I'm, I'll be here all day if I keep doing this. But you understand that which is first shall be last. That, that, that which is last shall be first. Do you understand that? What happened at the cross is also going to be repeated in the future in an ultimate sense. Right now. Do you see that? Here we go. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Say, resurrection, resurrection. Power, power, and authority. And authority. Got it? But in Revelation 12, it's seen on her. Do you get it? Do you see it? And in a sense, you see it on, on the corporate man right here, the church. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars of the angels are the, the messengers of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Jesus was standing in the church. John was in the most holy place. He had to turn around and see Jesus there. And Jesus is there saying, come on, church. There's more than church. There's something more than churchianity. There's another dimension. There's a third room in this house. That's what God's trying to get us to see here. He needs a place to lay his head. And his head is found there. In the most holy place. So he's telling the church, come up here. Get out of that church, church realm. Stop being a good church member. Y'all doing okay? I know, you, I know you're getting tired. Hallelujah. Why are you getting tired? I've been doing all the work. Come on. 
So then what? Seven goes in. Count six y'all saw. Are the seven churches. Read Revelation 2 and 3. All of its holy place promises. And know who it's to? It's not to the people in the, just in the church realm. It's not people who just want to be good church people. Those promises in Revelation 2 and 3 are promises that are linked to the kingdom operation of God. They are linked to the most holy place. Manna is located there. Do you understand? He's trying to tell you, go beyond just the church. Move in and operate in kingdom authority. But it's to who? He that overcomes. You got to overcome your own will. You got to overcome your flesh. You got to overcome your feelings. You got to overcome what you think is best. You got to overcome the devil. You got to overcome nations. Imagine. Not everybody's going to get there because they're content by going to church, sitting on a pew, and say, I went to church today. So give me a badge because I went to church today. When the Lord said, Come on, don't just stay in church. The church is not the end of all things, the church is to what? To grow you up. The church is to grow you up in Him, which is the head. The church is, where do they become generals? Where do they go for training to be generals? Oh, come on. Where, where, did, where did some of you history people, Custer, where did Custer go to school? West Point. The church is the West Point. Training you to be generals in the kingdom. Come here, brother. Now, stand up here. When we went to that conference, I told him, I said, if anybody asks ask him who we are, I'm going to tell him, I'm a tutor to kings. I'm training them. I'm training for reigning. I'm training for reigning. I'm an ambassador to kings. I'm trying to teach you how to reign. This is West Point. Church is not the end of all things. The church is your place where you are educated and trained to reign. Showed how he moved from a private to a general, man. Look, there said, I'm being trained to reign. I'm a king that's being tutored. Now, finally, do you get it? Finally, do you see it that there's something beyond just church? That's why they got together and they prayed and got renewed and renewed and renewed. They're maturing and they're praying concerning thy holy child Jesus. Because they have seen a manifest. Listen, listen. They have seen a manifestation of Jesus in the man that was lame. A mature man standing up. And so now they're praying, thy holy child Jesus. And they're talking about his reigning. Because they've seen him 
manifest in that man. That's the purpose for your life. That's the purpose of your existence. That's why I'm here. I am raised up by God to train kings. You're a king, my brother. You are a king, my sister. You're a king, my sister. You're a king, my brother. You're a king, my brother. God has set the fivefold ministry as dominion authority to show you how to operate in kingdom things. That's why the word don't much use there in gifts concerning the fivefold ministry. It's dominion. It's ascension gift ministries to show you how to reign and move in the ascension realm of God. Headship. Man, it took me four hours to get there, but we got there, church. We got there. We got there. We got there. How many of y'all going to reign like kings? Give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. When you walk through life, don't walk like this. Walk like this. And I'm not saying walk in pride. Walk as a, a child of the king. Somebody ask you, who are you? Tell them, I'm King Jonathan Lemons. Like that bishop, you know. They introduced that bishop. He got up and rebuked him. The, man, the brother said, this is Bishop Leo Lewis. Bishop Leo Lewis got up there. And he said, I am not Bishop Leo Lewis. He said, I am King Bishop Leo Lewis. So they ask you who you are. Say, I'm King Daniel Sanchez. I'm King Patrick Duran. I'm King Lori uh, Acosta. <laughs> Y'all got that one, didn't you? <laughs> hey, God. She's raining. You start walking like that, start understanding the kingdom of God. And what he's doing now. Man, you walk around, you just take authority over everything. The circumstances don't get you down. Yes. Say, no, you can't pull me down. I'm up here in. Amen. I'm up in him. Here in him, which is the head. I'm in ascension. I'm going to keep my woman in the heavens. I'm going to stay right there. That's not going to get me down. So, that, no, circumstance, you just dare try to pull me down. Try to mess with my mind. Try to defeat me and discourage me. I know who I am in God. I'm being trained to reign. I'm not going to flip hamburgers at Taco Villa very much longer. Hallelujah. I have a vision of better things. I'm not going to be the delivery boy very much longer. I'm alone this place. You got to think like that. All you ever do is see yourself flipping hamburgers and being a delivery boy. You'll never become more than a hamburger flipper or a delivery boy. You've got to see yourself only that place reigning in life. If you don't, it, listen to me, if you don't, life is going to, it will. 
Life is going to get you around the neck and squeeze the very life out of you. And I'm not going to let life do that to me. I'm going to rule over life. I'm going to reign over life. Hello. How many of y'all see yourself reigning? How many, how many of you see yourself driving something better than a 1939 rusted out Volkswagen? You drive up and the doors fall off. You have to pick them up, put them back in place. <laughs> if you don't see yourself reigning, you'll never be any more than what you are right now. According to God. Bishop Leo Lewis. <laughs> Sister, are you okay? You feeling all right? Good. That's good. You're raining. You, you just brought something to me. You just brought something to me. You know what you got to learn to do? You got to learn to not just reign in the high place. You got to learn to reign in the low place. Remember we shared that with you? When you get down low, you got to learn, I'm going to rain right here. I might be down, but I'm going to rain. <laughs> I might be low, but I'm going to rain in my low place. If you don't think like that, you, the rest of your life, you're going to be right where you are right now. You will never advance and never proceed and never move any further than where you are if you can't get the mind of Christ and understand that he wants you to reign in life. Y'all all right now? We finally got there. If it took me, if it took, 1.30, if it took me three hours, it's not my fault. Don't just blame it all on the preacher. I get that. He said, I had to raise the dead. <laughs> had to kill you first, then raise you up in the power of God. And sometimes that takes time, brother, doesn't it? Well, you come back tonight, and I'll preach 20 minutes, and I'll be through and let you go home. This was a teaching. Teaching. Look at your neighbor and say, he was teaching this morning. Tell your neighbor, he don't preach as long as he teaches. Train for raining. Come on. Come on. Come on. We've been beat down so long as a church. Been beat down so long as a church. We can't see ourselves reigning in God. All we can do is see ourselves just barely making by, you know, well, I just barely want to make it. Just hope I get there. Hope I crawl through the pearly gates. Honey, I don't want to crawl through the pearly gates. I want to bust them wide open. Somebody said, I'll be content to be in heaven if, if they put me over in the side in a little shack somewhere. Even if I got to wash dishes, I'll be content just to be there. Are you crazy? Where do you find this in the Bible? He wants to give you an abundant entrance. Here come the kings. 
of the kingdom of God. Look at him marching to my throne room. Look at these kings bringing their glory and their honor into my throne. Look at him come. Look at him dressed. Glorious array. You got to get rid of that goofy thinking. I'll just sit over here in my corner. Wash dishes for all the kings. <laughs> Hello. I want you to do something, man. When you go out in life, I want you to go out there to reign. I want you to go out there and take possession of the land. I want you to go out there and conquer territory that the enemy says is his. You go out there and say, no, that belongs to Jesus. Get your filthy hands off of my finances. Get, it, get your hands off of my children. and Get your hands off of my power. Go out there and you're winning souls. Look at him and say, they're going to be in church. I see him sitting in the house of God. When you talk to your neighbor, walk up to your neighbor and say, you know what? God, you're going to be in my church someday. How do you know? I just know you're going to be there. Don't go out there. Will you please, pretty please, beg, 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 beg to go. Come on, somebody. You want to be in my church. The power of God moves in my house. Someday you're going to be. I, I see you standing there. God's doing awesome things. Can I tell y'all something real quick in closing? <laughs> that conference, I call it a conference that took place Friday night. <laughs> the, the sound guy from Permian Music, it blew him away. I said it blew him away. He was walking around and telling us, Boy, thank you for letting me be a part of y'all. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. I am so honored. It blew him away. We set up a searchlight out there. Light going into the heavens. Hallelujah. Y'all see it? Guys set it up at 8 o'clock. I mean, no, he set it up at 8. It's supposed to go from 8 to 10. This man set that thing up. And he said, I have never seen a searchlight attract that much traffic. He said there were cars driving by this place that he has, he has never seen that kind of attraction in his life. I want to tell you, it wasn't just about a searchlight. It was about the light of the glory of Jesus Christ. Jesus was being manifest Friday night in Bible Center Fellowship. Didn't he say that, Christina? Didn't he say that, sister? He said, I've never seen traffic attracted by us. God is in Odessa. <laughs> Brother David was, he was excited as he can be, church. I'm talking about Brother David Huff. It blew his mind. But we didn't get there just playing patty cake with Jesus for a 30-minute sermonette. 
we got there through seeing what he has for us and travailing in prayer to be delivered. We got there because we want to sit in the house of God and hear the word of God and understand what his purpose is for hours if necessary. The, the apostles' call is to find the place of God. The prophet's call is to find out what God is doing in the place. And then the teacher's call is to teach you what he is doing in the place. Give God praise. I want to find the place of God. Then I want to find out what God's doing in the place. Then I want to teach you what it's about. Hallelujah. God is on the move. He's on the move, church. When a whole, almost a whole youth group, which people don't even know, come up there. The, the children, the young people did that. And the person trying to hold them back, come up there and get, started getting filled with the Holy Ghost. We had a, a young woman, Thursday night, woman's prayer meeting. Both her and her mom came here crying and broken, needing direction for their life. She was a backslidden young woman. Before it was all over, that backslidden young woman had her hands up in the air, speaking in tongues under the power and the glory of God Almighty. God is on the move. God did a mighty deliverance in Brother Bunch's life and his wife's life. Wednesday, God is on the move. But you got to go with God. And I can't tell you everything that God's doing. But he's on the move, man. And I can see him in you, brother. I can see him in Brother Mark. Brother Mark, I've never seen Brother Mark so fired up. I can see God in Brother Mark. I can, God is moving. Hallelujah. God is manifesting. Jesus can be seen. Here. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is exciting. I'm not going anywhere. But Brother David said, I want to I take you to Mississippi with me. I said, no, I got work to do right here. I've got some kings that I'm supposed to train to reign. I've got some kings that I'm supposed to be tutoring, hallelujah, in Odessa, Texas. Brother David said, you got a nucleus that can see the power and the authority of God established in Odessa. He said, you will see miracles. I believe it. Woo, give God praise. Because we're not just content just to go to church, play patty cake with Jesus, and after 30 minutes leave. We want to press in to that realm. The throne room of God. But you got to push that veil of flesh back. you got to say, get back, flesh. I'm going into the kingdom. got to push your way in there. Beyond the heavy veil. Hallelujah. I see Jesus on you, brother. Sister, I see Jesus on you. Brother, I see Jesus on you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, what would you do if I let you out early anyway? I'll tell you what you'd do because I know you. I know who you are. I know what you'd be doing.